Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life, and welcome tonight. Yeah, welcome, you guys. Yeah, so tonight's topics? Well, first we're going to address all this coronavirus stuff, I just think. <laughs> oh, yay, more of it. More of it. Okay. But um, then we're going to go into financial fairness in the kids in the home. Yeah. We've had people talk about that recently. Okay. Um, how to deal with double standards in your home. Okay. Or even double standards that exist between the two homes for your kids. Okay. Um, keeping your child's secret from the other bio parent. Okay. Like if, you're t- if your child tells you not to tell their other parent. Oh, yeah. What do you do about that? Okay. I think that's good advice. And then adult children and divorce. <laughs> well, because divorce is hard on kids. It doesn't really matter what age. Right. But what is the expectation for adult children? Oh, okay. When you're divorced and remarried or dating, is it different than your five-year-old? Right. Okay. So where do we start? So <laughs> um, I'm sure everyone's just so sick of the coronavirus. No pun intended. Uh, thing. I just want to... There's a lot of opinions going around. There's a lot of conspiracy theories. But the reality is, is it's really affecting everyone it's like we're all mandatorily sick we're honorary sick people who can't go anywhere or do anything anyone sick do you know anyone sick no and i think that there are people that are really sick with this and you you know that's a real issue and i'm not downplaying the coronavirus thing i'm just saying that businesses are suffering people are losing jobs over it yes um i mean all of california schools i think have shut down and what do parents do if they have to go to work, but now they have, you know, four or five-year-old kids who can't stay home alone. They put um, on blended life and they set their kids in front of it and Julie <laughs> doesn't cuss and we'll just entertain them all day. Just kidding. I'll entertain them all <laughs> day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And I just, I just kind of want to bring that up. And then also, you know, so I just want to acknowledge that we definitely feel in our business too, um, specifically, we're really, it's really changed our reality this week of our income possibly and, and our, our family. So I just kind of in, in full trance, like, I just want you guys to know that we too are having to really have hard discussions, make hard decisions, 
prepare for what if we both are out of work? What are we going to do about income? And so it's a real problem. And so there's that. I just want to acknowledge, and I'm sorry for everyone who's like that, who's just doesn't know what they're going to do. I know you can file for unemployment. So I'm in HR. So let me also spread this, right? If you are an employee, you can file for unemployment. If you're laid off or furloughed or... If... All of it. So if you're still working? (laughs) So our, our... We have employees who hours get fluctuate during the week. Right. Just the nature of our business. So what they do is... If you have regular out like a, a reduction in hours, you can go, and I guess every state is different. I'm speaking for California. If you have a reduction in work hours, workforce, you can go to unemployment to get relief and help for those hours that you're working. If you're furloughed, you can go get unemployment. I'm hearing now, and you guys can comment below or correct me or whatever, if your school's closed, your child's school's closed, and you have to stay home with them, I'm hearing that you can apply for paid family leave and use that in this emergency coronavirus situation. Okay. So that can be helpful if, you know, it's it's come to that where you have to stay home and you can't go to work because your kids are home. On the flip side of that, so don't take advantage of it. If you guys don't have to, don't do it because there's going to be so many people doing it. It's just going to affect our economy. Right. Nationwide. Well, and then if you're blessed to have a job during this time, that's, I mean, consider yourself super lucky too. Yeah. And let's also so. just hope that this blows over quickly. Yeah. None of us get it. Yeah. Or affected by it. None of our family members and everyone stays healthy. True. And so this also talk, we, you know, the coronavirus brings up a lot of like, oh, wash your hands, sterilization. Wipe your butt. Hygiene. There is no toilet paper. <laughs> and hey, so, so hang on, hang on, hang on. That brings up a whole another point. Why is there no toilet paper during this coronavirus thing? Does anyone know? Does anyone know? I've heard rumors, so I'm not sure. Sorry, Instagram. Not sure why the audio is weird. It's... Through the this phone. is on YouTube. On YouTube, huh? Are you on YouTube? Your audio was weird. Here, it's fine. If you're on YouTube, Sorry can you guys. please let us know if our audio is? We're underwater. Sorry, you guys. This is odd. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I think it's a buffer issue. The internet has the <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> the coronavirus. But is this brings crack me back to my internet. point, real quick. Sorry, you guys. Um, why is there no toilet paper during the coronavirus issue? Is it like... Is it, so the most ridiculous thing I've heard, because I have heard this has been talked about in our office, even one of my coworkers said it's because people were trying to... I don't know if this is true, so I apologize, but people are trying to make masks out of toilet paper. Oh my god! And I heard specifically China. But I don't, I don't know that, and so there's a panic, and but that's counterintuitive because toilet paper just absorbs and breaks down. It like disintegrates, so you get snot or saliva on it. It doesn't. It does nothing. I don't know. I've heard Anyways, that. Let's get on to the blended life stuff. This is I'm I'm over the coronavirus. You stuff. are. I do it's have ridiculous. So some good advice came out of this because I have a friend who's um, working. She's. She actually has a high-risk pregnancy, and um, I hope you don't mind if I share this. You know who you are if you're listening. 
at all. But she has a high-risk pregnancy, and so she's also a germaphobe already. And so her stepdaughter okay. is very unclean. Her stepdaughter's very dirty. Just unclean. a dirty human being? Yes, like okay. doesn't wash her hands. Teenager? Yes, but like Okay, we room, can all relate. <laughs> well, like doesn't pick up dog poop in their room. Oh, no. Like when I say not clean, I mean... Oh, unsanitary. Completely. Okay. So she's been gone on a two-week work training trip and hasn't been home. She's coming home. And so there's discussions, especially because of, you know, the virus that's go, you know, the whole thing about cleanliness and stuff. And she's very worried if she got this virus, right? Right. She's a high-risk pregnancy. Right. So, and the bio dad doesn't want to make his daughter, her stepdaughter, feel uncomfortable about having cleanliness conversations or wash your hands or how do you lay make a down. kid feel uncomfortable about that that's parenting 101 this is who this person is it's what? with everything this is not a new you know so okay. but what i so she was asking you know what what do we do how you know and my my advice is and i think it, this advice carries a, over to other maybe uncomfortable things that you have to deal with amongst your siblings and step-siblings and kids in the home. It's like, find a solution, you know, for, I said, you know, put like a hand, like a a sanitizer dispenser thing by the front door. Walk in everyone who walks in your house, whether it's your stepdaughter, your husband, your friends, everyone, everyone just sanitizes. And maybe that is, Easier than washing your hands, and it's something that you make everyone do. Yeah, it sounds like this stems somewhere a, a lot longer ago. Oh, for sure. like, yeah. But yeah. the advice is here, it's like if you have to deal with something or with one child in your household, yeah. why not uh, not single that child out, but make it make like it a, a whole family thing. thing. Like for our sure. family is going to adopt this new procedure where we leave our our shoes at the door and we sanitize our hands like everyone everyone who comes into our house so it doesn't have to be a singled out uncomfortable conversation if that's how you feel as a parent but it's actually like our whole family's gonna do this right and I think that kids are less defensive I think I remember I think everyone is at that point when you're singled out it doesn't feel good no it doesn't and then you feel shame and you feel guilt and you feel dirty dirty <laughs> you just feel like you're not liked or welcomed or want whatever or the, <laughs> so that's a good piece of advice i think that all blended families and even if you're not a blended family if you have a family a person in your family that's dealing with something yeah you can talk about it in a general way and apply helpful Absolutely. rules and helpful um tips and just you know across the board to everyone right so I just thought that that was a, a sweet little piece of advice that blended family people can use. So there's right. that. Um, financial fairness for the kids in your blended family. This is something that somebody wrote about because basically, okay, I will set the scene for everyone. Dun, dun, dun. 
blended family, kids, right, each have bio parents. Right. They are on a very tight budget okay. in their home. So they get told and know a lot, you know, they they can't afford a lot of things. They can't afford new, whatever, new soccer cleats, let's say. Bio mom, not in the blended family household, okay, has money and spoils her kids okay, and gets them brand new iPhones, brand new whatever they need. They get the newest and greatest and latest of everything. Okay. And her own biological daughter, son, the stepmom yeah. in this situation, right, sees that the other two kids in the home are getting all the things. Okay. And he, like, this child isn't able to have that because that family can't afford, like, she can't afford to provide that for her son. Right. And it's causing a lot of resentment amongst the ranks, right? Like, she's resentful because she feels like it's unfair. Mm -hmm. Not that, you know, she can't. She wants her child to have this stuff too. And so she's dealing with her child who's seeing her his step siblings get it and he's not able to have it. And they're bringing it from the other house into their blended house? Yeah. Okay. Or, you know, I mean, even if it's not in the blended house, it's, you know, any sports thing, they get all the brand new sports gear. Okay. So even if it's not in the house, yeah. if everyone's going to a sporting game and everyone's there, the kids are going to see, oh, they've got the brand new attire and cleats right. and bags and, you know, whatever it may be mm-hmm. um, type of a thing. Right. So that's what I mean by financial fairness amongst the kids in the home. I think that it's not really too much of an issue within husband, wife, and a blended family under right. the roof. But I'm talking more of like, what do you do or how do you navigate when the other household spoils one set of kids? You know, it's, and I, and I I'll tell you what I said. Your, and you can't provide well, it. Yeah, let me hear what you said everyone. first. I'm curious. <laughs> no, I just, because I have some input on it too. Okay. So I think, like it was a while ago. So I think what I said is you can't punish the kids for their mom doing for them right you cannot make children feel bad or shame or guilt for their biological parent either one of them providing for them right that is by definition what we are supposed to do and everyone's financial situation is different so i think it's wrong to make these kids feel bad, feel shame, feel guilt, have to hide. I, I, I don't think it's right. I don't think that's right. I also don't think you can control or tell a biological parent what they can and cannot buy for their kids. Yeah, especially in their own household. Yeah, you can't. So you, you have no power to help or to change this, this other parent from doing what they're going to do for their, you know. Right. So I just told her that she really needed to use this as a learning tool for her child and teach them some grit 
and teach them that life isn't fair. Absolutely. Yep. And teach them ways to obtain what they want. Because their other issue was, you know, they just get handed everything and my child actually has to work for stuff. Yeah, well, you and know I what? was yeah. like, exactly. Yeah, your child. Yeah, you your know? child's gonna grow up and know how to achieve goals and get what they want if they want it bad enough. Right now, the other thing that I was thinking, because that's all kind of right on exactly what I was thinking. The other thing is, if it is creating a problem within your household, maybe mitigating the kids' usage of the other stuff within your household. You know, so if you're on a on a car ride and it's the whole family, you know, maybe we're putting our phones away and we're we're conversating the entire time in the car versus two of three or four or five. How many kids you have having their some have something, some don't. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Or maybe learning sharing, you know, also encourage not every kid. You can't. I mean, yeah, there's there's been times where our kids, uh, you know, have multiple devices and hey, you're not using that. Yeah. Or one kid's watching a movie on a device and the other kid doesn't have a device with them, you know, so they watch together on something, you know, teaching them to share and get along. Um, but like you just said, you know, maybe if there are more multiple devices, you know, helping out and, you know, sharing with the other kid and our, our kids actually still do that. Not that we have the, the issue of the unfairness of one kid having more than the other, but there's a lot of times where, one kid will have something that they no longer use or got a new one and they'll hand it down and vice versa. I've seen it both go both ways um, in our household. And that's always a nice thing too, because that teaches, you know, just sharing and kindness and um, kind of the excitement and, um, you know, just everything that comes along with giving, you know, the kindness of it. Well, and I think that even in, families that are just natural families who aren't blended and just have, if you're a natural family of five, most people aren't going to be able to afford to get all three kids like iPads for Christmas. Right. Or, you know, so one kid gets an iPad, one kid gets something else. You know, you kind of have to, I think this exists even in, and you had siblings I was raised as an only child, but you know, like growing up, like didn't, (laughs) didn't your siblings ever have something you wanted or you had something Mm. that they wanted? We were, well, but you guys are the only boy, I I guess. I was the oldest only boy. What about the girls? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of where are you at? What do you want more? You know, if you're a family that has to pick and choose and you know, maybe the kid only gets one, you know, each kid only gets one present or something. Well, what do you what do you want? You know, because you can't have the world. And even though some families have the means of giving the kids everything they want, some and most families don't, you know. So what's more important to you? And then one of our listeners just said it's a good time to teach um, that things aren't that important. You know, thanks for thanks for chiming in and, and talking with us. Costa. Costa or Costa? Costa. Yes. Hello. Yeah, I think that that's, yes. I can't read. There's so many lessons that can be birthed out of this situation. And I think that that is our ultimate job as parents is to raise up humans that can exist beyond our household successfully. And the truth is life isn't fair. The truth is used items are reality. Like most people buy used cars, right? Not everyone can go out and buy a brand new car. Every car they get. That's a great example. You know, um, 
you're not buying a brand new house. You're building a house that's probably built. Well, and, and, and people have lived in before. You know, getting I mean, kids over that jealousy issue. You know, because jealousy is something that just grows up into older parents and turns into drama. Totally. And all of a sudden, now you care what what Karen has or what Jimmy has or you know, yeah. well, they. It's now keeping up with the Kardashians, but it used to be keeping up with someone or another. I can't <laughs> yeah, and I think fairness, I mean, even if it's not financial fairness, I think every family deals with kids feeling like things aren't fair. We often deal with this in our home, and we have conversations with our children about that. You know, like, you're right. Your situation's different. Yep. My, situation son, my situation son is different than his son's situation. So yes, it isn't fair. But vice versa had to be <laughs> right. said. You but, know? Look, but you also stop them at that point where you say, yes, it's different, but look at all your blessings. Look at everything you've got going for you. Right. Stop, they're all different. Stop worrying about what they have right. or what they're doing and be grateful and thankful for what you have and what you've got going. Right. You, know? you need to spin it and, you know, kids need Make to kids be, think about it. Open their minds. Right. You know, my kids went to something called the ASI Children's Center at Cal Poly. It was a, anyway, they went, they went to school there through uh, kindergarten. And I learned so much about being a parent there because one of the most valuable lessons is, is that when kids are struggling with something, whether it is sibling, right? Like, when kids are in a struggle, especially little kids, you know, on the playground who are three, four years old and they're fighting over something, you know, what, how do you handle that? So you get down on their level, right? You squat down so you're eye to eye. You're not towering over them. Yeah. That's a really important parent life lesson. Get down on your child's level. You also have to give them a script to teach them how to work through things, so kids don't often have the awareness or the aptitude or the knowledge of what to say and what to think to get them over difficult hurdles in their life. So you really have to, as a parent, speak that truth into their lives and give them a script, you know, hey, like instead of hitting this child because you're mad at them for stealing something, why don't we ask him like, hey, I was playing with that. I'm not done words. with it yet. <laughs> right. But kids react and they don't have the language it's our job to as, deal with that. It's our job as parents point. to give them those tools. Absolutely. And that never ends. Right. You know, when kids are going through breakups, you know, they have to be told, like, don't break up with a girl over a text. Right. Like, sit her. I mean, kids have to be talked through. They're having a difficult situation with a teacher. You know, well, go into the teacher's classroom and sit down and ask them what the expectation is. Kids don't even think to do that. They're just pissed and not doing homework and whatever acting out. And so I think that also with fairness, when you're dealing with that in your home, you have to kind of, like Eric said, flip their script to a heart of gratitude. You might not have an iPhone, but you have food every day. You have clothes every day. You have that new you bicycle have, that you get to ride. Yeah, you that, can watch cartoons on a Saturday morning. There are some kids who, who don't have TV. Right. You right. know, you have friends. Do you know how many kids have no friends and are bullied? 
(laughs) You tell me I have no friends. (laughs) Yeah, we have no friends. Um, You know, but I just think that you need to just, and then if you continuously change your kids' minds to a, a script of gratitude, they will eventually, it might take a thousand times, but that is where their mind will be trained to go. Yeah. Um, and another thing I was thinking about actually just now about this topic is if you have a good or decent or civil co-parenting relationship, I would also try to, I don't think you should bring the kids in on it or make them feel shamed or wrong. Like I said, I stick right. by that, but it might be reasonable to reach out to the parent who's just, you know, to the kid and say, Hey, Thanks so much for all you do. I really appreciate it. And the kids are so blessed by your generosity, right? Always start out with like positive and gratitude yourself, right? We're teaching kids gratitude. You also need to lead with that. And then maybe just say, you know, we're unable to do all that you're able to do. So would it be okay when little Johnny comes over that the iPad stays at your house? You know, it may not work. You may be told to pound, you know, pound sand or F off or whatever. But I think that is worth a try. And I think that you'll get a lot farther, the nicer and the more kind, like kind and. Right. No, it's great advice. So I would also try that if that is your situation. A lot of us have, you know, we'd still be married if we had great. Easy working, co-parenting relationships, yeah. Because marriage is work, and if you can work together, like, I don't know why you're divorced. Because you have distance between you. (laughs) I guess. So, anything else you want to add about financial? What about when it comes to grandparents? We've talked about that on this show. Grandparents, same deal. Yeah. Eh, You know, and that's that's kind of a sticky wicket because grandparents are... um, kind of biased towards our kids and that's a normal thing we've come to realize i mean it's because a, they've, they've had, been there forever they've however, been there since day one they've had however more. it is one of those things that as you grow as a blended family and as your relationship grows and time grows all of a sudden like grandparents have been with these kids for 10 years 15 years 20 years so it's kind of like you know what like it's our job as the parents to mitigate that and be like, look, I understand you love these kids so much, but we also have these kids that are our children and you need to love them the same and you need to do the same for them or you need to do nothing for all of them equally. Like it needs to be equal because the kids do realize that and the kids do see that. And as they grow up, the kids don't get mad at the grandparents. They get mad at each other and they become resentful towards each other, just like we talked about. So that's a real easy one because we are able to parent with our parents and grandparents, you know, to make that situation easier. That isn't necessarily so easy to do with the other biological parents who we are not around as often. We don't get along with as often. Yeah. Right. And, you know, there are some parents and grandparents. Well, first of all, you should never tell your parents how they're going to do and what they're going to do, right? You come at them also. Thank you so much for all you do. We're (laughs) so grateful for you. I feel like you have to pat it a little bit 
and not be so harsh. You will get a lot farther because, you know, I think everyone gets super offended because they feel like, well, I do so much and you're ungrateful and you need to break down that wall before it's even created in their heads by acknowledging the good. I think that's super important in any relationship, but I think that you can ask grandparents, like explain to them how it affects all the kids because a lot of time grandparents aren't part of a blended family themselves. They don't understand or comprehend the effects of their actions on the kids because they just, it's not in their wheelhouse. They have no idea. And so you need to operate out of a place of like trying to nicely explain to them about all the kids and how this is affecting them. And if they're still unresponsive or unreceptive to that, I mean, you are the parents. So maybe they just don't hang out with the kids without you guys present. I mean, you do have control over that. Right. So I think there are anyway. I think that was my point is you have control as a parent, a lot more control than you do of the other household. So trying to make that situation as fair as possible, it kind of, comes up it's it comes down to us as the middleman just creating that fairness and awareness right so yeah yeah so what about dealing with double standards in your home like it's okay for one person to do this but not okay for the other person to do that that's a total parenting issue that's that completely comes down to parenting and parents need to be on the same page what if they're just not then it can't be an issue it really can't like if it is it okay for double standards to exist in a home i think it does i mean i think double standards exist in every home right but again it it depends like is that all right with you as a parent and if it is then okay if it's not then it's your job as a parent to get to the core of it like the household is remember it's it's parents before kids (laughs) mom and dad before kids Yeah, but I think in blended families, right, like we always talk about different parenting styles, you know, I think ultimately parents are going to do what they feel is in the best interest of their kids. And a lot of blended families, husband and wife are not on the same page. And at what point do you just accept it and live your life? Because you can only shout at the rain so long, But if it's bothering you in your blended family, then you need to take initiative and change it. You can't just go on living unhappy because that's just the way it is. If it's making you unhappy, it's your job to change it and fix it and work, find tools to work and fix it and and have those conversations. But if the other parent is not willing to get on board or change or meet you halfway, or have those conversations, like what do you do in that situation? I don't know. I don't know if there is much that you can do. I think that you need to just continue to work and maybe just pray about it and really just do your best to do your best. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But ultimately, it's up to us as parents to make that happen. Yeah. And I just think the double standard thing kind of goes back to the fairness thing. You know, I just think that there's some things that... Listen, parents and natural families don't agree. (laughs) Just because you share a child biologically and you're married for 50 years doesn't mean you've agreed on everything. Right. There are some things you just have to let go and move on from and not let it ruin your day. 
You know, what hills are you willing to shed blood and die on? I think that double standards in a home is normal and natural, even more so in a blended family, because you're coming into your blended family pre-established with your own ideals and, you know, and you're, there's so many cooks in the kitchen too, like you might be more aligned with your ex about raising your children. I might be more aligned with my ex about raising kids. And then you have us that are, you know, there's just. Yeah. But at that point, are you just cohabitating or are you blending your family? Because I feel like blending should never stop happening. So you should always be working towards making things better and just not settling because if everyone's just settling on this, that, and the other thing, you aren't blending. You're stuck. You're cookie dough at that. Oh, point. I totally agree. You know but you I mean? really, you can shout at the rain for so long. When do you, you lose your voice eventually? Yeah. But if, I mean, is like, the other truly. person not hearing you? Do you try to get different, um, tactics, how to talk, how to, how to sit down and, you know, maybe, maybe we keep talking about something the same way over and over you know do you bring it up a different way do you um there's there's different ways of going about things you know yeah now take your spouse and be like hey listen let's go out to dinner we need to talk or not tell them but you know change don't tell them change the shock just change the change (laughs) the situation a lot of people get stuck in these routines and these in these ruts of doing the same thing yeah. over and over and not getting results. If you're not getting results doing something, change the way you're doing it. Yes, I hear Shouting you. at the rain. Maybe the rain doesn't hear you because you're <laughs> shouting at it. You know what True, I'm saying? But like, okay, so blended family marriage, you have different parenting styles. You bring something up and all the other person does is defend their kid and why that's allowed. And their sound, and it's like, it's fine if your kids can't do this. Mine can. These are the reasons why. And hence, you got two different things going on. Right. What do you do with that? I don't, See, I feel like that's stuff that should have been worked out or... But you, I, you, it, know, you, can't, you can't have a crystal ball. Like, when we got to, you know, my daughter was in diapers. Right, right. I can't predict what we're going to have to deal with six years down the That's road. True. When you That's when true. you hit that, like life evolves, man. So, as you're if you're you're making decisions for your kids, and you have to do it kind of separately because you're co-parenting with someone else, right? Truly, right. And then you're trying. It's just it's it's just rather such than a trying tough to get, thing when yeah. somebody's defending their kid and defending why this is being done, and it might be. Like, I don't think there's one right way to parent or to have a blended family or to raise kids. But I think the point, like, the problem blended family marriages have with different parenting styles is both people are right. And they're different. Like, you're, you know. It's also, it comes down to communication. Parents aren't communicating. If, If you're shouting at the rain and not getting results and one parent thinks that they're always right and that's just the way it is. That's not communication. Yes, but they're def- or they're just defending their kid and their reasoning, and this is why I'm doing this, and it's sound. Then use one of your choice words and be like, "This is bull, and we're not going to do it this way." Like, put on pants and let's, pants. and let's dance, or take them off and bend over. Oh my gosh, yes, because that makes sense. 
No, but really, like, you need know. to get to the heart of it. If it's gonna, if it's something that you're dragging around with you always and it's affecting you, it sounds like it's 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 lack of communication in a household, and it really needs to come down to the parents, and they need to get on board and they need to talk about things and maybe it's not about what one kid's doing and the other kid's not or these kids are doing this or just parenting styles like how you're raising these kids anything but you know what maybe it's like hey and usually our kids are all at different ages right like my kids are different than your kids as far as ages go so when we get to these bridges it's not like well my kid's crossing this bridge so I'm gonna go cross it with them let me know when you get there you know, or this is how it's going to be when you get there. But rather than calling them my kid and saying my kid's crossing this bridge, our kid is crossing this bridge. How are we going to deal with this? And having the conversations, again, communication, you know, Mm -hmm. having that communication. And I see you kind of smirking about it. Well, because I just feel like I feel a lot of times that step parents and I, not, I'm not just talking about myself, but even being a step kid and watching my own step parents in life, right. having connection with other step parents in life, especially when the other biological parent is present and accounted for, right. you have zero power. Like you got, like, I just think I, people think that it should be different and it probably should be different. But when road meets the rubber, you have zero power, like the biological you you parent. You have zero power, but that's actually not completely the truth. That's like that's like being in a state that votes one way and knowing that no matter what, it's going to be voted that way and saying, well, I have no power in that. You always have power. It might not be as much as the next person, but always casting your vote means that you at least have some power. You have some say in it. So even if you feel like you have no power or no say in something, at least let your voice be heard. Then you at least have ground to stand on and room to argue. But but then you're setting yourself up to always be shot down. Like Yeah, but then if but it, if you're it, always shot down or like it's always you but bring then things you, up and you're always told right. why you're wrong and why we're right and this you. is what we're going to do, then it's kind of like why am I going to keep putting myself in the freeway to get run over. Because I don't enjoy when, that. Yes, because then when you do this and you just shut down and you don't communicate anymore and you're just like, well, they're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to do what, what they're going to do. What if that's the reality though? But then that is just creating a not, like it's not a, even a relationship at that point. That is no, there's no communication there. It's one person doing what they're going to do with their kids and another person doing what they're going to do with yep. their kids. And all that is is co-head, co Habitation. Right. That is not a blended family. Yes. And this is the birth. That situation births all the double standards in your home. So if you have a ton of double standards in your home, I think it's a direct correlation of how mismatched your marriage is. You guys are not. So again, it comes down to us, the parents. It comes down to the adults in the household to get it together and get on the same page about things. And maybe 20 things has passed, but 10,000 things are yet to come. So right. why not start now and figure it out? Yeah. You know? All right. Well, we would love to hear how you guys deal with um, double standards in your home. And if you're a step parent and you're feeling powerless, how do you resolve? I mean, I love to learn. So how do you resolve that? And if you're a bio parent who just, has carte blanche 
I would love to know why you think that that's cool. Like, I just want to understand everyone's points of view and I want to learn from everyone. So message me, us, email, comment below. Um, it's a, it's a hard topic. This is one that I think is dealt with a lot and one that really comes between marriages. Um, because I think a lot of arguments in marriages are about the kids and about parenting styles and about, you know, all the things. And that's a really, it's really hard to tackle when you don't have Irish children. Right. Totally. So moving on. So keeping your child's secrets from the other bio parent. What do you think about that? As far as like, give me examples. So like your kid comes to you and they're doing something that would get them in trouble at the other home. And you know it would get them in trouble at the other home. And they're like, don't tell the other parent. Do you keep their confidence or do you? It depends. It's like um, it's like going to a therapist or a shrink, you know. Is this, is this a life-threatening thing? Is this risky? Do you see the issues in it or do you not? I mean, because at the end of the day, you're either breaking trust with your kid or... You know, if the other parent asks you, I feel like, well, you know what? Like if they're, if they have a hunch enough to ask you. Do you lie? You don't lie. No. Like we don't, we don't lie. And that's the lesson that the kid's going to have to learn. Like, well, you shouldn't have been doing that. And and you shouldn't have put me on the spot to have to lie. You know, now if it's not life threatening, if it's something kind of minor, you know, you talk to them about it be like, well, I'm not going to go to your parent about this. However, you shouldn't be doing this, you know, and what's the reason behind this? Try to try to understand things because sometimes parents just do crazy things and, you know, we we ask or punish our kids in weird ways for unknown reasons. You know, I mean, we all have our reasons, but sometimes parents are just parents, you know, and we're people too. Um, but And I think that I want to stand up for the other bio parent in this situation, but here's why. I think that you need the, I think co-parenting is important. Right. Whether you're failing or succeeding, I feel like kids need both parents. Kids really need both parents to co-parent as for their own well-being, as good, like as, as seamless as possible. And so I think you have to respect, especially if you're co-parenting well, or you are, you know, you have a good co-parenting relationship. I don't know why you would want to ever disrespect that. And I think that a lot of times we don't fully understand the because we aren't with our other spouse anymore and we're not in their home and we're not having the experiences with our kids that they're having with our kids. Right. Kids oftentimes play the two houses between each other, especially as they get older, right? I can get away with this here. I can't get away with that there. This is wrong here. So I want to be there. The thing is, is that we have to respect first and foremost that they're the parent too. And then also if it's not, if their rules aren't hurting them and their rules aren't abusive or kind of like therapy, flip that. Right. Then I think that you have to respect the parent and you have to understand that you don't understand either what they're, what's going on in their home with this child. So do you, as the parent who hears the secret or whatever it may be, 
do you go running to the other parent now? Like, do you go, oh, I heard something? Well, I think that kids need to know that you're not going to keep secrets, first and foremost. I think kids will respect, and that's what someone just, oh, Cindy Lou wrote in. I think kids need to see you're on the same team. Why would kids ask to keep a secret? Well, because they, they're going to get in trouble in the other home. Right. That's ultimately why all kids would ask you, you know, unless it's an abusive situation and that's not what we're talking about. Obviously, you report that and it goes right away. But I'm just saying, like, I think kids also need to understand that, especially if you have a good co-parenting relationship, that so, you have the other parents back. I think that that will go far. Like, you can't. Yeah, I mean, but the, OK, so here's a situation that I was just put in a, a, a little while back. So my daughter drives, she has a car, she needs her oil change. She says, Hey dad, are you sure you want, is this okay? I don't care. Okay. I mean, it's not that big of a deal and I'll, and I'll back it. But oh, this is the, this, this is a situation that we're talking about like this. She goes, okay, dad, I need my oil changed. Can you help me change my oil? You know, sometime coming up soon. Actually, I think I probably asked her being the dad I am. When was the last time you changed your oil? She's like, what do you mean? Change my oil. So her car's making noises. She's like, I need my oil changed. Something's going on with it. So she comes over, and I take her to the parts store. We get all of her parts, and earlier, and I hope no one gets in trouble for this, but I'll, I take I know, full responsibility. Like, but don't I take even... full responsibility, like because it was my doing, like it's my responsibility. And <laughs> her mom texts me and says, "Make her pay for her own oil and do all of her stuff." Well, she's not in our household as often. I don't buy her stuff like I do my biological son. Or even my stepkids. I don't get to. She doesn't live here. She doesn't live here. I, I go sometimes weeks without seeing her. I talk to her quite often on the phone. But I don't. You have a heart to want to do for her too. I don't get to do for her like mm-hmm. I do for anyone else. I mean, even, even I do more for my own parents than I do for her. Not because I want to. Just because I'm around them more. Right. You know. So her mom texts me and says, it's her car. Make her pay for her own oil change, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So I, we get to the parts store. I'm, I'm standing there, ring everything up and just by natural dad pay for her parts, you know, and it wasn't that much money. It was not much. Remind you, she works as much as she can. She goes to school as often as she has to. She gets good grades. You know, she's a good student and she's my daughter. I'm like, I'm going to pay for her oil. Like, I'm not going to stand there and be like, okay, now fork up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get to do as much for her. So I paid for her oil. Like, ooh, brought it home. You know, it's not like she's like, oh, go drop me off somewhere and let me know when it's done. She hung out with me, you know, like we did her oil change and I sent her on her way. You know, didn't make it a big deal. But I'm like, it's stuff like that. where. But you told her what? I feel like this also has to be put out there. You told her not to tell her mom. I said, well, I said, well, your mom asked me not to pay for this stuff. I said, but you told her not to tell her I said, mom. I said, but yeah, don't let her know that I paid for this because well, I don't want it to become an issue. So, so am I being a bad parent at that point because I'm taking care of? I don't. You're making it about you. And I, let me use one of your words. That. Like, well, because here's the deal. Like you're asking your daughter to lie to her mom and that's only going to get her in trouble. And I don't think that's right or fair. Okay. I don't think it's right or fair to ask our kids to lie to their other parent. I don't right. care over what. Right. I don't think that's right. So fuck me. Secondly. Dude, you didn't even give me a heads up. Secondly, 
you know, you have to respect the lessons that her bio mom full-time parent is trying to teach her. I'm sorry. I get both sides. You're right. But there's so much, it's so much deeper than that though. I, like, I get it, but I, maybe, maybe, and you guys chime in, write down, like it would have been like, hey, I'm just letting you know, I bought her stuff. I could have, but it never to. came back up. And if, if her mom would have asked me like who paid for it, I would have told her and I would have told her why. Yeah. You know, like it's not, it's not that big of a deal. And it's, it's not like, it's right. and I didn't I totally tell her, agree. and I didn't tell her like that to be like, but it also, but that's what it's promoting, you know, like even I guess it maybe matters. I'm just a shitty parent, but whatever. I just like, you know, like, I just don't think like kids you know shouldn't be made to feel like they can't tell their, you're she, the, you no, say she's that to- about. No, but she's totally allowed. Like I wouldn't be mad at her if she's like, well, yeah, dad paid for it. And, and I wouldn't, knowing my daughter, if you knew her and anyone knew her, she's not going to lie to her mom about it. If, if she's asked, I'm like, just don't go talking well, about it. I like, think teenagers lie to their parents about <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe you did, but no. Oh, you always were straightforward with your parents about everything. Pretty much, you never told a lie to your parents. Uh, I mean, maybe, but I feel like me maybe and my parents you're the perfect child. I don't think I was, <laughs> but like I don't feel like I had much to lie about. Like, I my parents knew everything I was doing, what I, what was going on, and what I had going on, you know. But then again, you know, most people aren't as close. Yeah, but I I do think that this specific daughter has caught herself in lies before. Like, right? Cool. Yeah. Okay. So I just, I just don't think like I would be bummed if, and it probably happens. It does happen. You know, like you, like I would be bummed if any of our kids were told by the other home, like not to tell us something, like lie to them. I, well, I'd never say lie. Like don't or don't, don't tell go, them. Don't this. go like just don't go promoting it. Like if I, I didn't say it like that, and I don't think that it was discussed like that. But it's like you know, I was asked not to pay for this stuff. Like I'm going to, right? And I tell her I'm going to, and I don't think I asked her like don't tell your mom. Like I don't think I said that. That's you what know? you had told me at the I time. Yes, it just but was like oh, I'm weird. not good. I'm not a good communicator as it comes to be. So, okay. I think so. that, yeah. But on the flip side, but like kids. But on the flip side, don't be a deadbeat parent. Like take care of your kids. Yeah. You know, do things for your kids. Show them that they matter and that they're special. But don't you think parents have the right to teach their kids lessons? Amen. Yes. On both sides. Like I feel like there's some things I don't agree with that happen in the other home. But I have to, at the end of the day, respect that this is my kid's father and he's teaching them lessons that... I'm not going to teach them. <laughs> right. <laughs> because we're different people. We have right. a different skill set. We have different life experiences. So um, I think that some, like you have to, it's a fine line you have to walk between being like doing what you feel is right and respecting the other uh, yeah. parent. It's uh, just, it's a hard dance. Like blended family life is fucking hard. Why? 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 Anyways. It doesn't have to be this hard, you guys. Like, communicate, get it together, like, put your big boy pants on and, like, just do right by everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cindy Lou says that you should have the option to spend what you want on your daughter. Yeah, and I think it's kind of selfish on the other part, too, that I get put in that situation, like, don't buy that for her. Don't do this for her. Don't do that for her. And maybe you... And And then at the end of the day, you're just a deadbeat parent. Well, could you have told her in that moment, like... 
if I'm going to change her oil, I'll do what I want. I, didn't I will. I will tell you if I were to, if I had said that yeah, to my, he would have been like pound sand, like I'm going to go do what I want. And then it would have been, but that's the problem with your co-parenting. You guys are going to sit there and then you're going to fight about it. And then it's going to be about you or it's going to be about him where I'm just like, I'm not going to respond. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to tell her that this was asked and just don't bring it up because it's going to be an issue. Yeah. And I'm sure now I brought it up. It'll probably be an issue. But again, I like, hope not. Gosh, I know it's so hard. This I, podcast is so hard. I'm always like, is it going to get any yep, of our kids but you in know trouble? What? Again, honesty, like put on your big boy pants, talk about what you need to talk about or don't talk about what you need to talk about. Honesty, show up, be there, be a good person. Like you can hate me for it, but we're divorced. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a hard spot to be in. I don't know. I just, um, I was just giving the flip side of the coin. I'm going to get hate mail. People hate me. That's all right. <laughs> so to see you guys, it's fine. Adult children and divorce. So this is really interesting because we had someone right in and she got, to, so I, I, she got, I th- I'm bringing this up because I went to therapy for a year and a half and learned a whole lot. And so I want to share with you. Guys, so she brings up that she got divorced. Her oldest is 22, and her oldest is not accepting of her new boyfriend. And boyfriend has given ultimatum, like, either you tell her she's got to accept me or she's not welcome here anymore. It's a it's a disaster. And, you know, she's a grown woman. Like, either he she needs to respect her here. And I don't even think they live together. I think this is just boyfriend who doesn't live at the house, but like is over for special occasions or dinners a lot. And the daughter doesn't accept him. And there's a whole backstory about that. But it begs the question, like when kids are adults, what is the level of respect for the parent's life expected? It kind of comes down to who they are as an adult. If they can't get along, if boyfriend and daughter can't get along, well, sucks, but you're in between a rock and a hard place. So you need to make sure that they're not at the same place at the same time until they can get along. You can't, yes, that's your daughter and you can tell her that she should respect, but at the end of the day, she's an adult. So if your adult daughter can't get along with your adult boyfriend, then your adult daughter shouldn't be around when your boyfriend's around. Right? Like, it's a bummer. It's it's a real crappy thing, but you're not going to control either of them. So you need to make the situation as good as possible and not have them around each other, which also kind of sucks because then when, what about big holidays? You know, when stuff like that comes up. So now you need to reflect within yourself and be like, is this how I want to live? Is it worth it how she's acting? Or does she say, see something in him that I don't? What's the issue here if she's just being selfish and childish as an adult child? You know, like, well, then you need to tell her, like, get over it. Like, you need to you need to see that I'm with him. I care for him. He's a good person. He treats me well. I love him. We're going to be together, and I hope that you can accept that. And if you can't, well, then I'll, you're still my daughter. I'll be around you when I can. You know, and when you and I have something to do, but Christmas time, this is now my husband, you know, if it gets to that point and we're going to do family things, you're invited if you can get along, but if you can't, then sorry, 
Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. I, you know, um, I love having men in our support group because it's always, you know, men and women come at things completely differently, um, which balances us out. It's kind of perfect, you know. Um, But that's also what a man said in our support group was like, you hire an adult, you have every right to run your household the way you see fit. You know, you, this child is not a minor anymore, so you need to be happy. You need to run your home, and they either come or they don't, but that's their adult decision to make kind of a thing. So um, I want to share this. I, we're going to wrap up here, but I want to let you guys know. So I was in therapy. It took me a year and a half and a whole, my the story of my marriage ending would take too long here but what i was told in therapy when i was really having when i was struggling is the therapist asked me this he said is your marriage doomed he's like are you for sure this is going to end now or later cuz i was struggling with you know do we white knuckle this until the kids are 18 right cuz i can do that i can white knuckle something you know i've lived with it this long as long as I know there's an end in sight, you know, I can do that for them because I love my kids. Is that in their best interest? Do I white knuckle this till they're 18 or do we pull the plug now? What do I do? And I'll never forget. He asked me, you know, if you, is it going to end one way or another? Are you sure about that? And I'm like, yes, I am sure about that. He said this, he said, it is in your, it's better for kids to do it as young as possible if that is the end result anyway. He said what happens when your kids are grown adults or the older they get and then they learn their whole parents' marriage was a lie and everything they thought they knew was a lie or you put us through this hell of a marriage for all these years. Why did you not, like how many, you've heard that. Like kids are like, why didn't you split up? Our household was miserable. Right, kids in high school. So now we are we are finally able to leave this hell whole. And now you guys decide to split up. And that rocks kids more, like it is more destructive to end a marriage later for those reasons. Kids can't come back from that and it really messes with their heads forever. What happens when you when kids are younger, their brains aren't fully developed yet. They're easily not easily, but they're more accepting of change. They're easily adapted to different situations. They're more resilient to change. Um, and so it's easier for younger kids to process and get through it because they're just more pliable. And so what I think this mom is experiencing is that she divorced when her kid was an adult already. And I think that this is a perfect situation of the aftermath of that. Like her daughter is still broken and not healed and has a lot of issues still with mom. And I don't think, and I told the mom this, I said, this boyfriend, who the hell is he to her? He's just your boyfriend. He's not your husband. He's not your fiance. She's so broken, probably still. Because people disregard that kids are adults. So they should just not care about your, you know, their parents who they've lived with their entire lives. Could you imagine someone just said you should stop caring about your parents right? as an adult? Yeah, not going to happen. But that is the expectation I think that adults have 
when they rock their kids' worlds as their adult kids. And I don't think there's enough understanding or grace or like, you know, so I just, you know, this, that's what this sounds like to me. And I feel like you need to reel in expectations because adult or not, kids are always your kids. Right. You know, we're about to lose Instagram. Bye, you guys. Bye, Insta. Thanks for being with us. So, yeah, well, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think I've seen that be a really hard thing with adults, you know, or kids as they get older. And it's, it is a tougher, harder thing. It's hard for parents, you know, it just, and especially adult children who are married and their parents get divorced. It is split up marriages. Absolutely. Yeah. Their own, everything they've known is like, they can't resolve it in their own heads and they're just broken yeah so consider all sides that's right absolutely so if you guys like this give the thumbs up hit that subscribe button and uh, we thank you guys for being with us and sharing your blended families with our blended family and becoming part of our bigger blended family so thank you all for being with us yeah thanks you guys we'll see you guys next time toodles bye Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.